The final day of the 2019 AFLW Under-18 Championships concluded today at Bond University. And to help myself, Matthew Cox, wrap up all the action here on the final Siren podcast, thanks to Draft Central, we've had a bit of a change. Pete Williams, otherwise occupied today, is out. He'll be back next week with myself for the NAB League Boys podcast and reviewing the under-16s, which is also happening up here on the Gold Coast. So we've brought in the women's footy editor, Sophie Taylor. How are you, Sophie? I'm good, thank you. And also the assistant chief editor, Taylor Melky. How are you, Taylor? I'm great. I was been a great competition so far so there's plenty to love there was plenty of action right across the week and we start today's action out at bond university with the eastern allies going up against vic metro unfortunately for the eastern allies after what was a fairly frustrating opening two days of the championships for them they were competitive they didn't take their opportunities today was a bit of a blowout on a very fast track vic metro 11 9 defeating the eastern allies just the three behinds I don't think the score really emulates the the game that we got to see because it was a lot closer. Like, watching it, you thought that Eastern Allies were really in the game and they were contesting hard and they were around the ball and they were really trub- tr- troubling Metro at times. But in the end, they just couldn't capitalise and it was unfortunate, but I think Metro were just clinical in the end. Yeah, and I agree. Defensively, the Allies were really strong, but Metro just have so many good options forward who can go ahead and kick goals. They actually couldn't control the amount of entries that they were getting and goals just slipped through. So it was almost really frustrating to watch because Easton did actually have a really good um, defensive setup going on. I felt that their second term, I think, they were in the game. If they had have got a goal on the board then, then it might have evened up things. But the superior class of Vic Metro just shone really tall. Felicity Theodore was prominent throughout the game. She was skipper today as part of their rotations for that. Uh, Laura McClellan kicked two goals for them, as did Nell Morris-Dalton uh, up forward. Theodore kicked a goal as well. Xenos, uh, Van Oosterwick, Harley... Gabby Newton, Saxon Jones and Jess Fitzgerald, who I thought bobbed up really prominently in the second half and just helped Vic Metro drive the game home. She was going to be the one that I was going to talk about. Jess Fitzgerald had a really, really good game. I thought she was just solid across the field and then she just did things that you weren't expecting her to do and she really just imposed herself on the game and full credit to her, she really impressed me, I thought, throughout the match. Georgia Petrikios was named the MVP for the Vic Metro side. Again, just classy around. She just had time and space every time she got the ball in her hands and did something effectively with it. There was this one passage of play that I was just blown away with. She was on the wing, hand like a handball over the shoulder, then straight into Gabby Newton's mitts. Gabby Newton did the same thing, handball over the shoulder and bang, they were out. And it was just the class of Patrikios to know that Newton was there and then Newton to know that someone else was there that just blew my mind because they were so effective and so efficient with ball in hand that, you know, they were hard to stop. Yeah, and even Patrikios, I think she had probably her quietest game of the week today, um, but she was still right up in there in every single contest. She was ready for it, um, really imposing herself on the contest and um, makes her a really massive threat on on the field. Potential number one draft pick for the Victorian pool. Oh, hands down. Yeah. Has to be. She's got to be Her up vision there. and just her general footy knowledge to know when to go, when to kick, when to handball and just 
it's something that you can't teach. And I think that's the thing with footy is you either you have that innate ability to know, okay, this is where I've got to go. This is how I've got to move. And she's got that. So I, I think she could quite easily be a potential number one draft pick. The only one that might run her close, or there could be a couple of others from the big country side, which we'll get to, but Gabby Newton today oh. was thrown in the middle. She's played on every line throughout the week. Monday it was more defensively. Wednesday was primarily a forward. Today, in the thick of things in the middle, just showing that she can do everything for her size, for her athleticism, below her knees work, uh, taking marks overhead. She is a really impressive young talent. And I think it's her consistency as well. She's really reliable. You can you can rely on her to be that really um, strong player. And like we said, she's she was really consistent this week. Um, and she has been all year. Like she, she can back it up week after week being that um, player who you know will get the ball and will do something good with it. Um, yeah, so she was just phenomenal phenomenal again today. And I think it's the one percenters. It's the things that people don't see, the things you don't get a stat for. She'll lay a good shepherd or she'll get a little touch here or, you know, she'll just do the, the right things at the right times. And... I think that that just showed in this game once again is that she won a heap of the ball, but she also knew when to move and when to do all the little things just right. So, I mean, Metro were just clinical. They You couldn't stop them. That, that, that's the best way of describing it. They've just got star-studded talent across their list. One other name I want to mention before we move on, Elizabeth Georgia Stathis. I thought she bobbed up late in the game on Wednesday and played a pivotal role there. And today bobbed up at times. Lagoya also bobbed up as well, finding herself in space. It was just that superior, the game awareness, the positioning, the structure that was just dominant today for Vic Metro. On the other side of the equation... I know we've hyped up Vic Metro, but the Eastern Allies, they shouldn't be disappointed with the performance that they put on the park. Not just today, but right across the week. They ran the Central Allies close on Monday. Had a fairly consistent, solid performance on Wednesday. And today, unfortunately, they just couldn't keep up with the Vic Metro side on that fast deck. Like we said, I don't think that the score actually represents how well they played because... There were players that really just took control and took ownership and they went in hard and they looked like they were in it. I think um, the likes of Abby Favell was absolutely like phenomenal today. Her tackling and just her, like we were saying before, her just general footy knowledge and awareness to know when to bump and when to handball was really exceptional. And I think that that was a really good she was a really key player for the Eastern Allies. And then along with Mia King, who we've t- I'm sure you guys have touched on before in the other podcasts, is that she was just super, super once again. Yeah, she was. Claimed the MVP. Uh, off the top of my head, I think she had about 14 touches, the leading possession getter on the ground. And that's without playing the last quarter. She did come from the ground late, uh, sorry, early in the last quarter with a knee issue. Now, I don't think it's too serious. I think they were taking some precaution with it, but still a a knee issue is not nice, especially for someone who is highly touted as a a player that will join the North Melbourne Tasmania Kangaroos come the AFLW draft. Well, when you've got a talent like that, you don't want to risk it. So you've got to take those precautionary measures. But like we said, once again, she was just solid and she just reads the taps out of the ruck really well. And she just, she had good speed and she was just, really clever with ball in hand and you know she tried her absolute guts out and I think that's one thing that that's all you can ask for really is just for someone to put in 110% effort and she's done that right throughout the tournament. thought Zoe Harrell bobbed up at times uh, 
Brianna Tarrant also was prominent throughout the game. And I was really impressed with a couple of their taller players as well. Emily Hurley and Eloise Hiller-Stanbrook both played solid games. Again, it was a similar storyline right across the Eastern Allies board. They were solid across the game, but nothing outstanding to the same level as Vic Metro. Yeah, I think the LA's, um, their back six were really, really impressive. And like I said before, um, they just didn't have the volume to stop. Well, yeah, they just didn't have the numbers to stop the volume of ball coming inside 50. Um, But defensively, they shut down a lot more ball than they let through. And I mean, like Taylor kind of said already, that's all you can ask for just to keep um, dominating back there. And they, yeah, they were really impressive. And yeah, yeah. Final scores in the game. Vic Metro 11-9-75 defeating the Eastern Allies three behinds. It meant the Eastern Allies didn't record a victory during the week on the Gold Coast. Vic Metro go through undefeated and that also includes the round one game against Vic Country. So an incredibly dominant performance from the Vic Metro side. Speaking of Vic Country, they also got up. Now this was a cracking game. It was tied. It was contested. Neither side wanted to give an inch. In the first half, Western Australia dominated. They got on the scoreboard. They built a handy lead. And then at the tables turned after half time, Vic Country came out very strong. Western Australia had an opportunity late in the game to be able to get back in front, but unfortunately they didn't. Vic Country went on to win 3-7-25 to 3-5-23. I think inaccuracy was also a tale for both sides there. They both had plenty of chances and you could see the desperation on each and every one of the players' faces and it was so close. I know we were both sitting on the edge of our seats like, which way is this going to go? Because you could feel the intensity and I think it was just credit to Vic, Met- uh, Vic Country in the end. They just pulled through. And I think some of that will be on the back of the likes of Lucy McAvoy, who once again had an absolutely stellar game and has had a great series. So she kind of really stood up and imposed herself on the game. And then the the rest of the team kind of followed suit and were like, all right, it's our time. We've got to pick it up. And I think it was just so unlucky for WA because they had all the front running to start with. Yeah, it, it was a really frantic final, probably three minutes, I reckon. Um, just both sides were unable to gain any ground and you could just see the frustration sip, uh, seeping in and both sides were unable to kind of clear the ball easily and find good space. And it was really frustrating to watch, but some really awesome defensive work going on there because, um, like you said, Coxie, um, the ball was really locked inside 50 for um, WA. They had a shot on goal with probably two minutes, I think it was, to the final siren. So, um, yeah, it was it was a really insane game, especially in those last five minutes. And particularly because prior to that, so at about we had about 10 minutes left to go, I think, Olivia Barber had about three shots, two or three shots for goal down the other end, didn't convert. Just prior to that, I know we're going the long yeah. way around yeah. here, but... Um, Vic Country went deep inside attacking 50. They didn't want to concede the behind because they'd give up the possession to WA. WA were trying desperately to get it over the line. It was just this tight battle about two metres out from the Vic Country scoreline. It was an incredibly tight tussle. As you said, Lucy McAvoy, she led the way. Felt she tried to get things going in the second term to try and shift the momentum around. And as you say, 
the players just started uh, building up. Really enjoyed the game of Tegan Brett. One of the smallest players out on the field was just in the thick of everything. Was solid. Laura Gardner was uh, impressive. Tiana Smith was also prominent for the game, kicking a goal today. Uh, McAvoy also kicked a goal. Isabella Simmons uh, kicked a goal. And Olivia Barber, as I said, had a probably four or five opportunities to score and just unfortunately didn't get uh, any further majors to add to her five goals I think she had from earlier in the week. I was quite impressed with Barber though though she didn't convert and sometimes that's what people look at oh you know she had this many options she should have converted at least one or something like that it was just her her presence in the forward 50 that also created a lot of havoc for the WA defenders because she was such an imposing figure that she drew the defenders straight away and even if she wasn't converting she was at least presenting up at the footy and it was that attitude as well to you know what I might not have got that one I'm going to go again and go again and go again which I thought was really impressive because we've got to remember like they're still young they're still developing and there's so much more that can happen particularly Barber she's got another year to go in the under 18 pathway system which is frightening considering what she's been able to do this week again she's another player that's versatile can mark cleanly overhead but at the same time can gather cleanly at ground level and in the the boggy conditions on Wednesday and slippery conditions on Monday she excelled yeah, and, th- and that's just it, though. It's the fact that she can be so versatile and she is, you know, still learning the tricks of the trade and getting that exposure. And for her to be able to come out on this uh, platform and really establish a name for herself is an exciting prospect for her. And, you know, anything can happen from here. So she might not have converted this game, but she showed really good signs. And I think that's another thing. That's all you can ask for. And I felt that she spent some time in the ruck today along with uh, Maggie Karras, who was back in the side after missing Wednesday's match. They went up against Mim Strom in the ruck. Now, she's probably been the second best ruck in the the week uh, behind uh, Montana McKinnon for the Central Allies. Strom was dominant early. She was using her body really well. The Vic Country rucks were just trying to tap it around and probably be a little cute, maybe, a way of describing it. Strom was just a bullock in there. Roxy Rue at times spent time in the in the ruck as well. So there was some dominant opposition those two uh, young players were up against, and I thought they did really well. On the Western Australia side of things, the standout, uh, not just today, but across the week, Michaela Bowen. Yeah, she was really impressive. Um, really good around the ball finding a lot of really good space as well. And I think um, WA, especially in the first um, half in particular, they controlled all of the play. Everything was going on their their terms. And that was one of those things that um, really stopped country from being able to take advantage of their options inside 50 in the first. Um, They just couldn't find free players. Um, Yeah, and going back to obviously Mimstrom and um, Roxy Rao, um, the two of them, just worked so well in tandem. Um, I mean, Strom kicked a goal in the first and then went back and went back into the ruck straight away. Um, and she kicked that goal from rucking yeah, and roving, yeah. finding yeah. space. Brody Grundy style. Correct. Another comparison. We'll <laughs> leave that there. Um, the other uh, the other players I want to quickly point out, uh, Buckley kicked a goal, Morrison kicked a goal, and Strom, uh, as we were mentioning, kick, kicked a goal. But uh, a couple of other names that stood out for me today, uh very got a lot of the footy. Pesket, I thought, was fairly strong uh, as well across the, the park. Anderson and Morrison, they, they seemed very lively around the ground. I was literally just about to say, I hope you bring up Anderson because I was really impressed by her game. She laid a huge tackle in that second quarter and then it, to follow it up, 
that she was rewarded for the tackle, getting the holding the ball call. And I think that was just like great for her because she just tracked the player so well, followed the hips and then just brought her down. And it was perfect tackle. And then for her to continuously just inject herself into the game when need be was really good. And it was really exciting for her. to. It was really exciting to watch her. It certainly was. Western Australia just falling short today. 3-5-23, Vic Country uh, dominant. Uh, not, well, not dominant. They were dominant in the second half. 3-7-25 <laughs> in the second game at Bond Uni. The final game of the championships uh, was between Queensland and the Central Allies. Before we get to that, this is the final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au. There's match reports, scouting notes from all nine games across the week. From here on the Gold Coast, we've uh, had a team of people working incredibly hard to bring the coverage to you. So make sure you check it out, afl.draftcentral.com.au. As I said, Queensland and the Central Allies was the final game. Now, this was an interesting one. We don't have the uh, official numbers in front of us at the moment, but from the stats perspective, it was heavily in favour of Queensland up until about three-quarter time. Disposals, uh, inside 50s. That they were all just heavily in favour of Queensland. But the Central Allies, whenever they got an opportunity to go forward, they just found a way. They were accurate. They were efficient. And that's what got them over the line. Five straight 30 to 4-5-29. This game was so entertaining. Again, we were on the edge of our seats. Um, and especially those last few minutes... All the Allies had to do was lock the ball in one spot and just keep getting the ball going back up. Um, And it was scary almost. It was funny. We had some Allies fans behind us, so they were getting really into it. So then we're sitting there going, oh, what's going to happen? It was an insane game. And it was really, um, I don't want to say disappointing, but Queensland really uh, did have the ball. Um, They had the opportunities there and just weren't able to take advantage of them. but full credit to the Central Allies. They've really grown over this week um, and just kept improving. Uh, even their connections across the field, there was a lot more um, connection between the midfield and forward this um, this match in particular. So, yeah, really good job there. It was an equally as exciting game because I think just no one knew what was going to happen and I think it was the excitement And that unknowing that people were like, you know, this was such a close game that no one knew what was going to happen. And even the players, you were riding every bump with them, every tackle, every time the ball went close to the boundary line, everyone leant forward on their seats to see what was going to happen or if someone was going to pick it up. So I think it was just, it was a really hard fought tussle that, you know, unfortunately for Queensland, they couldn't get the win, but full credit to the allies because you know what they in the end they hung on and they did what they needed to do and that was you know enough they just played good old-fashioned footy they scrapped get get ball kick ball mark ball get a goal that's that's all they did any they didn't have too many opportunities to be able to do that queensland was just saturating them around the footy every time they got it they'd try and work by hand clear 
and when the Central Allies got an opportunity, they didn't mess about with it. They just got it down there and got on the scoreboard, and that's what got them over the line. Freeman was prominent again. Hannah Munyard was there around the ground, really good. Stephanie Williams, she bobbed up, kicked two goals today. She was really good, yeah. She was phenomenal. That was my one to watch again. <laughs> you must be reading my mind or something. Yeah, we were we were pretty lucky. We were sitting like right on the wing, and then all of a sudden, you just see her streaming down. The ball's like dribbling along the floor. She soccers it forward. A girl hot on her tail and she just turns around, puts the afterburners on and keeps running. And then she socket it forward again and ended up in the hands of a teammate. I mean, you just can't teach that type of skill. And it was so exciting to watch. And if she bobs up on the Adelaide Crows list, which given her performance today, fingers crossed that she might. Um, but she has a little trick that she likes to use. If she's in congestion or if she's got someone bearing down on her, she just likes to pop a little handball in front of herself to give her some time yes, and space. Yes, that a few times, yeah. Collect it and then go. In fact, that's how she got one of her goals early in the game. So she is a, a, a great, raw potential talent there for the Central Allies, of course, the allies, uh, the central allies, being able to go into the Adelaide draft pool for the Adelaide Crows, given they're formed from the Northern Territory and South Australia. Keanu Lee kicked a goal, and Matia Breed also was a goal kicker for the Central Allies. Uh, on the other side of the equation, it was a disappointing week for Queensland, a frustrating week for them. They they were so desperate today, and you could see the intensity in their eyes. They desperately wanted to win but unfortunately couldn't drag themselves over the line. Well, they had some really good options forward and one that I wanted to bring up in particular was Zimmerly Farquharson. Um, she is, I don't know how to describe it. She's a firecracker. You see her on the field, you see her get the ball and you're like, what's she going to do? She's really exciting to watch and she had a few opportunities at goal. I think she only kicked one in this match Um but she put in the hard yards and she was constantly on the ball, especially right in front of goal. And it's just a, a almost a waiting game. You're just waiting and seeing because she's really exciting to watch. Took a couple of great contested marks today. Every time it went in about the 10-metre vicinity of her, you thought, what's she going to do with it? Um, and I felt that today the conditions suited her to perfection. She struggled in the, the wet on Monday, the boggy conditions on Wednesday. Today on the hard surface of Bond University, she thrived. A hundred percent. You could just see her eyes light up when she got that free space in front of her, just lead straight up at the footy, clean hands. And, you know, she really relished those conditions. And I think that Queensland made the most of that as well. They, Whenever they looked inside 50, they looked for her. And why not? Because we know she is such a dynamic player and she has the ability to, you know, change the shape and change the the way and the momentum of the game. And once again, you know, she was a very, very exciting prospect. Unfortunately, she didn't capitalise on all of her opportunities. But at the same time, she still just brought that that energy, which is what Queensland needed. There are other goal kickers in addition to Farquharson today. Taylor Smith kicked one. Uh, Bradfield kicked one. Georgia Ella bobbed up with one as well for them. The other players around the ground, Postlethwaite got a bit of the footy. Gregory, I thought, was uh, impressive, especially across the half-back line. But the standout, head and shoulders above the rest, Ellie Hampson, geez, she's a special talent. Oh, she was simply unstoppable today. Anytime the ball was anywhere to be won, you could guarantee that she was right there. She contested so hard at every opportunity she could and she put her body on the line and... 
she was just so impressive, standing up in tackles, shrugging players off, and then always just looking to go long down the line, which I thought was really good because we know we got to see how hard it was for anyone to try and move the ball forward. So she just kicked out of the mess and straight down the line, and that's exactly what Queensland needed. This is the Under-18 Girls edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central, head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for a full wrap-up of all the action from the Gold Coast this week as part of the AFLW Under-18 Championships. Just quickly, we'll go through each side and, and rattle off the MVPs once again in a quick summary for their week. We'll, we'll start with Queensland disappointing as we uh, just alluded to but it's not all doom and gloom they've got some great talent coming through well 100 percent. they have plenty of talent and you know there's no shortage of excitement machines in their side they've got plenty of players that have shown that they have the talent and the class and there's just there is endless potential with them and I, I, I think as a Gold Coast Sun supporter you'd be happy when you've got Hampson Hammonds and Katara Wapfara that are joining that club in their first year of AFLW. They are ready-made walk-up starters for round one, in my uh, opinion. The MVP for them was Ellie Hampson, so uh, just outstanding throughout the carnival. For the Central Allies, two wins this week. I'm not sure too many people would have predicted that at the start of it. They did incredibly well, beat the Eastern Allies under pressure in that game too. So their two wins were, were phenomenal phenomenally good that's a great word to uh, try and get out after three days and nine games of football um <laughs> but and, and the, their performance on wednesday at southport it w- was okay against western australia they they were in the game but just didn't capitalize on their opportunities so they could have come away with potentially three wins yeah defensively i think the allies really improved this week and you could see that um, obviously after that lost WA on Wednesday. Coming into this match, they were really strong. I mean, we didn't mention her before, but Chantelle Miskin-Ripia was a, an absolute ripper in in the back end. She was really impressive. She was on every single ball, took some really good contested marks off the half back, um, and was a really good option across the field. So, yeah, allies have some really big names and some really impressive ones who have stood up this week. You can tell that it's been a long week when uh, Sophie Taylor starts uh, ripping out the puns. <laughs> oh, uh, no. <laughs> Mon- Montana McKinnon uh, w- was named MVP for the Central Allies, the b- the best ruck from uh, across the week. Uh, Strom definitely pushed her for that, for that but, uh, yeah, she, she was just dominant not only in the ruck position but also clunking marks around the ground. And, but just her, her game awareness and positioning is, is a real asset of hers. Yeah, she's a great talent. There's no denying that. And I think, you know, they really relished having her in there because she just won them back so much ball. The Eastern Allies, as we alluded to earlier, didn't come away with any chocolates this week. But Mia King definitely stood tall despite that injury issue today. And they've got some great talent also that's there or thereabouts. Yeah, the Eastern Allies, yeah, like you said, a little bit frustrating to come away without a win because they did put some really good performances up. Um, and we've already mentioned quite a few of their big names. But you look at like Jade Hamilton, Abby Favell, Mia King, obviously. Um, there's just some really good players in the mix there. Um, and to see them not not 
get a win this week is a little bit frustrating. But yeah, really good effort. Western Australia, their MVP was Michaela Bowen, who had a sensational week. Just got leather poisoning. I think she's got uh, her name on three sets of footies from the week. Just (laughs) continued to get it uh, constantly and use it well as well. For Western Australia, they had a fairly good week. As we alluded to before, they defeated the Central Allies. uh, And in the first game on Monday, just uh, scrolling through... Uh, they went down to Vic Metro. So a fairly good week um, from across the board. Went down to Vic Country today by a couple of points, but a fairly solid week for Western Australia. Yeah, I think WA have been um, one of my favourite teams to watch. They're really exciting. Um, And there's a lot that you can look forward to looking at that list. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with the likes of like Roxy Rao, we already mentioned, but she was awesome. Like the leap on her is insane. Um, Obviously, Michaela Bowen, really, really good with the footy. Again, it's that same kind of thing with the awareness, Um, just knowing where your teammates are, knowing where the opposition is. um, It's it's something that you can't teach. It's something that is really integral to... Be able to play footy basically and yeah she was just really impressive just great footy smarts all around as has the Vic Country side and they responded after going down to Vic Metro in a way they would not have liked at Avalon Airport Oval in round one they came out on Monday with intent with purpose and the rest of the week just rolled on the same way uh, pretty much yeah well the Country Bumpkins 100% went to town and you know what I think that their intensity was great and you could see that how much it meant to each and every one of them to pull on the jersey and to represent Victoria and they were just really good. When they were on song, you could see the connections down the field and just, you know, it was a really exciting to watch when everything was linking up and you could see the potential and you can see the game plan and everything working. So it was great. Finally, Vic Metro, sorry, Lucy McAvoy, the MVP for Vic Country. Vic Metro undefeated, as we said at the top of the program, but just stars from across the field. We don't need to go through the list again, but just an incredibly well-structured performance and well-guided by Nathan Burke, their coach. Um, Notice Lauren Arnell was also there in an assistant (laughs) capacity, so a couple of handy heads to have you steering such a, a talented group of players and a really impressive week, not uh, here on the Gold Coast and also in their game against Vic Country. That's the under-18 AFLW Championships done and dusted. The next uh, milestone for the under-18 girls will be the draft combine uh, a little later in the year and, of course, the draft uh, in October. So keep your eyes, afl.draftcentral.com.au because there'll be plenty of content. We've been very busy not only covering the games while we've uh, been up here but also conducting a lot of player interviews. So we'll be rolling those out uh, over the coming weeks and months as well to give you insight into the player journeys and also uh, their performances as we head towards the draft. But that concludes a big week here on the Gold Coast. Uh, You can also follow Draft Central across the social media channels at Draft Central Oz um, is where you can find plenty of stuff, photos on Instagram, tweets about the the games as well and uh, head to Facebook as well for the groups and join the AFL group as well so you get all the information there. That's it. Done and dusted. Rambling to to conclude the podcast. I'm tired. I'm heading off. Uh, Thank you very much, Sophie Taylor, the women's footy editor. Thanks, guys. And Taylor Melke, thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, well, you were going to give me a title, but yeah, you know, maybe not. The chief <laughs> assistant editor of Draft Central. My pleasure. Both of whom are a little red after spending some time <laughs> in the sun today at Bond University. Yeah, it's I'm, been a day. I'm Matthew. I call it a tan. <laughs> I'm Matthew Cox. Thank you very much for your company, not just uh, in this edition, but across our three special editions live from the Gold Coast. We'll be back in our regular timing uh, frame from Tuesday, uh, sorry, from Wednesday next week. Uh, So tune in for that. The final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central.